Ensure your immune system is operating at its peak with an innovative natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility to a host of risks. Future Farm offers some of the most innovative products I've seen in quite a while. I use them, prescribe them in my practice, and I'm proud to recommend them to you. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturephrm, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. A weekly rundown of questions and topics that you send to us via radio program at AOL.com. With me, Layla Mutin, our nutritionist in residence. Uh, okay. So, you know, i got to say one thing is, yeah. is uh, in relation to COVID, not only are the numbers down, not only are they waiving some of the mandates, the mask mandate and in New York, the, uh, you know, vaccine passport. Yeah. But, you know, the, some things have stolen our attention from COVID. I mean, it was COVID, 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 COVID. Yeah. And now it's like World War Three potentially. Yeah. And also the economy, because there's going to be some gas real, prices, gas prices, severe repercussions that ripple through the economy. Yeah. That's, it's really stealing the thunder from COVID. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that would ever happen. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. it, you know, it, in effect, uh, you know, Putin has, uh, Cured single-handedly cured COVID. It's like people <laughs> because got people have bigger things to worry about now. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got a question here. I don't have a name. Uh, please ask Dr. Hoffman or Layla if dried banana flakes alone will work on multiple bowel movements. You know, very frequent or soft bowel movements or diarrhea. There, there's a product called Banatrol, yes. which for a while was our sponsor. I still recommend it to patients who suffer from diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, we know that bananas are, are constipating. Yes. And they can an ingredient it. in Banatrol is dried banana. Mm-hmm. So banana flakes might work. It could work, probably. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's the equivalent to Banatrol. Yeah. I, I, th- I guess the thing to, to do would be to try it and see. Right. It would be to try it and can see. Can you get dried banana flakes? I guess at a health food store, maybe. Maybe you can. Yeah. You know. What do you use them for other than... I, I don't... I, uh, for baking, Baking, maybe? maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, for like, anybody who... I really enjoyed the cake you made for me, but I'm really constipated now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because, because it's Colon Cancer Awareness Month as yeah. well this yeah. month, uh, anybody who's had a change in their bowel function mm-hmm. that's lasting more than two weeks... Mm-hmm. Should get it checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks is really the, you know, this has been going on for two weeks. It's right. time to check not in. Not responsive to diet change. Exactly. Not responsive to simple things like mm-hmm. uh, Manitrol. Right. Um, you right. know, we've, we've actually uh, picked up a few cases of colon cancer in patients that we've said, you know. And they I were young. I don't like this. I don't like what's going on here. You know, get checked out. And, yes. Oh, my goodness. And one of our patients, it was literally life-saving. Yeah. Yeah. 38 years old. 38 years old. Yeah. Really something. 
that we're seeing it in young, younger people. Well, one theory on that mm. is, I mean, sure, it's the diet. The diet is abysmal. Soft drinks are associated with sure. uh, colon cancer risk. But another uh, study has suggested that, uh, actually there were two studies, as I talked about this in my article this week in the newsletter. Mm -hmm. uh, one theory is that excessive use of pesticides, yes. uh, which has really taken off yeah. in the last you know few decades, yeah. um, has a deleterious effect on the GI tract. Another theory is the over-reliance on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Because when we were young, I mean, I'm older than you, but mm -hmm. I had a, I could count on one hand the number of antibiotics I've had in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, now kids routinely get antibiotics. I know. And aware pediatricians, I think, are being, you know, I don't want to uh, accuse them of, of being um, ignorant of this problem. But, you know, there's such a uh, concern about potential liability and, you know, parents demand some kind of a prescription. Yes. And so rather than going through all these arduous lifestyle changes and things, simpler answers, it's very easy to wing a, a prescription right. for antibiotics right. for this, that, and the other thing. And kids have taken too many antibiotics, and that is associated with, according to a study, higher risk of colon mm. cancer in mm. the young. In the young. Because they're trying to, you know, Chadwick Boseman died at 38. We're trying, yeah. and that really focused awareness on yeah. uh, under 40 colon cancer, which yeah. used to be unheard of. Yeah, really something, really, really something. We've got an <clears throat> we've got an email from Bonnie. In a recent newsletter, you shared promising news about the potential of N-acetylglucosamine in demyelinating disorders. You mentioned CIDP, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. Well, and MMN, which is multifocal motor neuropathy, shares some similarities with CIDP. It's a nerve thing. It's a nerve thing, exactly. Mm -hmm. So multifocal motor neuropathy is a progressively worsening condition where muscles in the extremities gradually weaken. The disorder, a pure motor neuropathy syndrome, is sometimes uh, mistaken okay. for ALS. Well, so this is there's a difference here is that Mm -hmm. uh, CIDP is a sensory neuropathy, mm. so you'll have um, loss of sensation, yes. tingling, numbness, and pain mm -hmm. um, in a sensory way. It doesn't affect uh, movement, except that you know if it's hard, if it's hard to step down, you know, and you lose lose your sense of proprioception and yeah. balance. Uh, when it attacks the motor neurons, um, then you have conditions like this. It's not a condition that I'm you know familiar with, or there's no yeah. Um, there's no studies on the nutritional impact on this condition. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what we would do is we would look at this person in a holistic way and say, you know, what's driving autoimmunity? What's driving inflammation? Uh, what could be used to support the function of the nerves? Yeah. And, you know, while we don't have some definitive studies that say that whatever, you know, vitamin B12 helps this condition... Uh, we would employ kind of a multifaceted approach because the conventional approaches are lacking. It lacking. Yeah. And all they're about is control of symptoms. Yeah. Not finding out yeah. the cause. Yeah. Well, Bonnie is wondering, can I take N-acetylglucosamine? Sure, yeah. I mean, you could try that. Yeah. Uh, is there any contraindication no, no, or anything not, like there that? Wouldn't be, no, that would be... That's pretty safe. That would be a starting point, yeah. Right. But, you right. know, we would take kind of a comprehensive look. And it's not so much the disease that the patient has, it's the, uh, it's the patient that has the disease mm -hmm. that we would be looking at. Is yeah, why... that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Say that again. 
Let's see if I can. It's not the disease that the patient has. It's, yes. It's the patient uh, that has, has the, the disease. disease. So that we would look at uh, what unique genetic characteristics mm -hmm. and uh, epigenetic characteristics yeah. bring out the expression of that disease. And then, I mean, that's the essence of functional medicine yes. and personalized medicine, too, yes. because we want to make it personalized. And right. So uh, that's why sometimes doing this um, audio digest is a little hard because people are looking for a protocol yeah. and a surefire protocol that works universally. Mm -hmm. And for many conditions, that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, there are some plausible things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. But... You know, does it True. results may vary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Asterix. Good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors to share this important message with you. So please listen up. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's reserve collection of oils and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new reserve collection. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what helps to underwrite this important podcast and makes it a free resource to you. And now back to, I was going to say back to our guest. Back to our guest. <laughs> we have an email from Andy, and this is about the Zoster vaccine, a different vaccine. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks for the chance to pick your brain. I'm a 72-year-old man. I got my first Shingrix vaccine from the VA in January 2020. I think I received the second shot, but delayed by COVID in late June or July. Now, the VA doesn't have any record of a second shot. Now they're saying I need to get both shots to be protected. What? So they, is that safe? They kind of lost the record? Yeah. Is that possible? The VA? Anybody? Yeah. I trained there, so I, I can tell you that that Yes, but Andy... Like yeah. thinks yeah. he received the second yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah, But is it safe that if he did receive the second shot right. and they lost the record, is it safe for him to do the double shot again? You know, with this, this the, the vax, this, this thing about vaccine frequency and intervals is kind of arbitrary, I got to say. I mean, we say there's great precision. I mean, if you were to show up for your COVID shot, they immediately make an appointment for you three weeks later, or they used to. Uh, what they've now discovered is that you get more durable immunity if you wait like three months. Uh, but in the rush to get everybody double vaccinated, they say, yes. hurry up and get your second shot. But it actually, it takes a while for the immune response to mature and you mm -hmm. get a better one if you delay. So if there's an unfortunate delay, that it may be a problem. It may reduce the efficacy, but it may be actually more beneficial, huh. you know. Okay. Uh, so I would eventually, you know, it takes two shots of the Shingrix yeah. to get good immunity against uh, shingles. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so I wouldn't suggest you not take it. I mean, if you're all in on taking it, you need to take the series, the two shot series. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm hoping that they didn't miss that he got one, and but I don't think a yeah. third one is going to put him into a tailspin. It would be two more, so it would be a total of four. Two more? Yeah, because would it be Wait. safe to receive the two jabs after now having received the one in January of 2020? Oh, they want to start all yeah. over again? Start all over kind of thing. You know, back when I was a hospital dietitian, yeah. I got my first hep B shot, but then I waited too long to get the second one. Right. And the doctor said, hey, you went to seven months instead of six months, whatever. Right. But, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't Which know. was mandatory yes. for you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. When I was uh, training way back in the dark ages in the 70s and 80s, um, we were told that we should get the Hep B shot, but it wasn't made man- We weren't. It wasn't mandatory. Yeah, and yeah. I elected not to receive it. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I actually it was not mandatory back in two thousand four, two thousand five, right. when I first started working as a right. hospital dietitian. But they they really encouraged me to get it. Right. And I didn't see a problem, so I I got it. Right. You know. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, it's it. Look, uh, hepatitis B is a bad thing. Yeah. You can be exposed. Uh, my rationale was. Um, I didn't feel it was necessary, although, you mm-hmm. know, there is a risk of getting a needle stick in a hospital and getting hepatitis B. True. That's the main concern. It's yeah. not transmitted by just being around somebody with it. You have to have sex with someone or you have to have IV drug use where you're sharing yes. a needle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't plan to do either. Uh, you know, so... Uh, no but, drugs in the hospital, Dr. Right. <laughs> no, right. No opportunities to uh, no opportunities. Use, use drugs in the hospital. Yeah. Just as an anecdote, this is... Uh-huh. This comes back to me is that there was a, a doctor who was um, uh, in our during my training program mm-hmm. who suddenly began behaving very erratically, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he just was you know he had weird mood problems and he was like sleeping all the time and it was hard to wake him up, and finally uh, they they had to dismiss him from the program, oh and I don't know if he was drug tested or what, but I was present when they opened his locker. Uh, you know, I had a locker and they broke the lock and they opened it up. And, uh, when they opened it up, a profusion of pills fell out of the locker. Wow. And like he was hoarding medications like yellow pills and blue pills and red pills and orange pills. And he was really impaired. This wow. poor guy. You know, it can happen under the, the stresses and pressures yeah. of being, uh, you know, terrible. in a medical, uh, really arduous medical training program where you get little opportunity for sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, whoo, happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, wow. so a little aside. Wow. Well, moving on. We've got an he's, email. He's, I think he's now like a very high level official in the CDC. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Danny writes about Consumer Lab. Are they reliable? I don't believe they test many of the supplements from companies upon which you rely. Do you know why? Right. And I, I'll give you some insight into that, is that um, Consumer Labs is an elective thing. It's a process by which you uh, sign up to, and there may be a fee involved, I, although you know, I'm, I'm not going to accuse them of just garnering yes. a fee to publish a favorable uh, uh, review. Yeah. So... Uh, however, there may be a nominal fee to participate in that, uh, which you could characterize as pay to play, but you could also say, look, you, you, they have to have a, some sort of 
reimbursement to undertake their work. Yeah. But what the problem is, is that their methodology has burned some companies. Some companies that make really good quality products have, lo and behold, uh, had reports released to the public that say that the product is, like, contaminated or that the product is, like, not up to snuff. Mm -hmm. And the... the, uh, Companies themselves use different methodologies, and they believe superior and more appropriate methodologies to evaluate the potency and safety and lack of adulterants in the products. Yeah. So a lot of the companies that I know say, look, I'm going to steer clear of, um, of, uh, what's it called? Consumer. Consumer lab. Consumer lab. Yeah. Because, you know, you you pays your money and you takes your chances. You don't know uh, that they, they could go rogue on you. And impugn your product line. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why some companies participate, and some companies uh, don't feel like they they want to anymore. Yeah. And some companies they may not participate anymore because they were making an inferior product. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and but how do you know whether they're not participating because they got outed by consumer labs? Yeah. Or if yeah. they simply disagree with the conclusions of consumer labs? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Danny, thanks for that great question. Gail writes, Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. On a recent podcast, I heard Dr. Hoffman say that you really can't have too much turmeric. However, I recently saw some cautions online about an excess causing stomach issues, dizziness, nausea. Yeah. Could you respond? Well, you put you or, take too many turmeric pills, you get a tummy ache. Yeah, if you eat too many green apples, you could cause a uh, tummy ache. Also, possible increase in the formation of kidney stones to someone who is susceptible. I'm, I'm not sure that that's true. Yeah, is because yeah. it would be a high level of oxalate in turmeric. I'm not sure. Yeah, that turmeric is a big source of oxalate. Right. I can right. look that up while you yeah. talk. But. So there is a drink called Golden Milk that calls for up to a teaspoon of turmeric in yeah, the recipe. I used to it's supposed use that. to be very healthy. Yeah, yeah. Would it's having a really such nice, a drink sort of a nice warming yeah, drink? Yeah, yeah. Would having such a drink daily then be too much turmeric? No, no. It says is turmeric high in oxalates? I'm doing a search. Yeah, turmeric does contain oxalates, and this can increase the risk of kidney stones. So I would, I this is a new factoid. Okay. So factor that into your recommendations for patients with kidney stones. That should—it's not like they—it's an absolute contraindication. No. But I wouldn't really—they wouldn't necessarily be on a high oxalate list. They might be on a medium oxalate list. Yeah. Or a low, but not necessarily a high. How much oxalates? Total oxalates of cinnamon and turmeric. Cinnamon has a little bit too. Cinnamon too. A lot of food has oxalate. You know, for kidney stones, it's about our microbiome. We have to have a enough. uh, oxalobacter formagenes. We need that particular beneficial critter living in our gut to be able to metabolize all those oxalates properly mm-hmm. to avoid, to prevent kidney stones. So okay. again, it comes back to us. You know, how come somebody can have all kinds of spinach and tea mm-hmm. and get kidney stones in somebody else? It's something that's mediated through the it's, microbiome. Yes. Yeah. It's the oxalobacter formagenes. Right. We need more of that. How do you get more of that? Good quality probiotics, fermented mm-hmm. foods. You want the bifidobacterium species. You want the lactobacillus right. species. You want the other species as it, well. It would be neat so, if they had uh, yeah. if they sold a probiotic for people with kidney stones, but I don't. You know would that, imagine they'd have that out by now. Yeah, there are some obstacles like to that because sometimes. Um, well, you know, I'll tell you why. Partly, mm-hmm. it's because it's a disease claim on a natural product. 
And I oh. think they have to go the, the drug route on that. They, okay. you know, they, yeah. I think that's part of the problem. And, you know, I don't think investors are willing to foot the bill for the uh, very expensive process that's required to convince the FDA that there's efficacy and safety yeah. of the product. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is that sometimes simply by taking a probiotic doesn't necessarily mean it's going to grow in your intestinal tract. It doesn't that's take. That's true. You know, that's true. So there may be some obstacles to to that, to these mm-hmm. functional probiotics, like a probiotic for, let's say, uh, people getting chemotherapy. Or yes. a probiotic for people getting, uh, you know, who have... Uh, Whatever, uh, diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, probiotic for obesity, probi- yes. you know, functional probiotics. Mm-hmm. But then that goes into the realm of a drug claim. Yeah. Not just like supports a healthy microbiome, you know, these yeah. weasel words that we now have to use to uh, not uh, attract the ire of the FDA or the FTC. Right, right. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's that's the world we're living in. The world we're living in. Do we have a short question? Is such a thing? Or we uh... do have a short question, dear Doctor Hoffman. You were just a blessing in our lives. So incredible the information. I heard your interview regarding rapamycin. Mm-hmm. Please tell us where to buy it. Okay, uh, you cannot buy rapamycin over the counter. It has to be prescribed by a physician, and it should be prescribed by a physician who is familiar with the anti-aging protocol. Uh, you can go to uh, Ross Pelton's uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I interviewed him there. And uh, it's the Natural Pharmacist uh, website. Yeah. And also, I think Life Extension has information on rapamycin. Yes. And possibly a directory of physicians who prescribe it. Uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things that's interesting. I would... You know, I guess if, if uh, I thought it was appropriate, I could prescribe it for a patient if they came to me, but I haven't yet begun to prescribe it mm-hmm. because I prefer natural methods of uh, addressing the mTOR pathway rather than using a medication. There you go. And by the way, rapamycin is a powerful medication. Hmm. It does have side effects. It's actually used to prevent uh, organ rejection in transplant recipients. Oh, my. And it was originally a, a cancer drug. But the, the use of it at low doses, carefully monitored, uh, can be safe, according to some doctors who are beginning to use it. Some, yeah. some uh, doctors well, in my field are using rapamycin as an anti-aging drug. Okay. Particularly the ones who are in uh, Los Angeles. All right. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> Which is, a, a, it's kind of a SoCal thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you, Dominique, for that question. And a reminder to all of you to email your questions to radio program at AOL.com. Okay. We look forward to them. Right. All right. Well, um, we're all uh, attempting to um, uh, find the fountain of youth, Mm. and we'll uh, continue with uh, innovative solutions to the problem of aging and keeping fit. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Check out our other podcasts during the week. We have some uh, great ones. Uh, this week, uh, we interviewed uh, a physician who has talked about the Gonzalez Protocol, Dr. Nick Gonzalez, uh, yes. who passed away. His uh, legacy is being perpetuated, yeah. and people can access his innovative uh, treatment program for challenging cancers and other mm-hmm. challenging medical conditions through the Gonzalez Foundation. And, uh, you know, just also we talked about alpha-gal. Alpha-gal is a very interesting yeah. uh, syndrome where people are allergic to mammalian meat. Mm-hmm. And we talked to Sharon Forsyth about that. Some really good podcasts that you may want to source at drhoffman.com or via yes. 
your uh, usual podcast platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget the weekly show on uh, weekends and also available to you as a podcast. That's all for now. Oh, let's talk about your stuff. Hmm. What about my? What's which? Which of my stuff are we talking about? All of your stuff. You do. You do articles, and you also do a podcast yes. that usually posts on Fridays. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I have podcasts coming up on. Uh, trying to remember, but I remember better because March is National National Nutrition Month. Every week, I'm going to have an article on how to eat better. All right. Get rid of the obstacles on. What's what's in the way of practical information? Practical stuff that yeah. everybody can use. Good. All so, right. Yeah. Check it out at drhoffman.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Thanks, Layla. Thank you. This is our Intelligent Medicine Podcast Q&A with Layla for the week. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.